Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast, your birth to the best stories in boating. Each week, my colleagues and I will bring you everything from salty stories to thought-provoking trend discussions, as well as interviews with the most interesting characters to ply the sea. Whether you're listening from the boatyard, your slip, or hopefully well underway, we're glad to have you aboard. Hey, everyone, I'm Dan Harding, and welcome back to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast, joined by my friend, executive editor, Charlie Levine. Charlie, what's happening? Daniel, nice to see you. How's it going? <laughs> it's good, good. It's been it's been a couple days. We are fresh back from the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show. My feet have started to, I could feel them again, which is a good feeling. And uh, my raccoon eyes are gone, so things are good. How was your show? It was great. It was so nice to be out at the show amongst mm-hmm. all of our industry friends and folks we only get to see a few times a year, who, of course, we... You know, didn't see last year for right. obvious reasons, but yeah, the industry's cranking. Everybody was seeming real positive. The weather was nice. It was just yeah. a I, yeah. I loved it. It was a fun show. How about no, you? Was, yeah, exactly. It really. It, it's hard to see what to say which I liked more is seeing some of these boats that we've been reporting on for a while, or we're getting to see the people we've also known for years. What's what's kind of crazy is since you've come on the team, which feels like it's been the better part of a decade, but we have actually never done a boat show together, which is crazy. Right. Yeah. It's strange times, but yet I think it's uh, the eggs cracked open and we're frying away in the frying pan. <laughs> Time to roll. I like that. I like that. Hopefully we're not too overcooked, but uh, <laughs> no, that's, that's a good assessment. And, I gotta say, the first thing that hit me with the show is something that I shake my head at every year is the, I guess, the versatility of boats and craft that you find at this show, from dinghies to the super yachts with helicopters and sports cars on the back. Just the the range of boats that make up our sport is staggering. Yeah, there's something for everyone, and there's really something for every budget, you know? We often hear people claim you have to be quite wealthy to get into boats, but if you poke around, there's some really, there's some interesting quality boats for everybody. And 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 Lauderdale Boat Show does a good job of sort of breaking the show into areas. You've got, you know, the mega yachts along the face dock, you've got the sport fishing boats over on one side the more cruiser-oriented boats on the other side, and then the convention centers all lined up with, you know, outboard-powered boats. So right, it, right. I, I think it's well laid out that way. And, you know, we kind of walk it all. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, yeah, it's staggering. There's just so many models out there, and, and it's exciting. It gives us a lot to talk about. I think, you know, you just touched on it, but what I feel most thankful for in in our role is you know how many boats and and how much variety actually falls under the power motor yacht wheelhouse i mean we're going to talk about it in a second but i love checking out the cut waters and the rangers i mean that really appeals to me but you know i feel like i'd be missing out if i didn't see all the sport fishermen and going through the viking booth so it's uh it's it's fun to see just the versatility oh same yeah i mean i saw everything from uh i think 106 foot san lorenzo motor yacht to Mm -hmm. uh 23 foot blackfin dual console so it was yeah, pretty wide yeah. range there what, what a what a slice of life <laughs> somebody's <laughs> got to do it right exactly exactly well, yes i like it so let you know let me let me ask you it's the it's the number one question i get when you come back from a show but and i'm going to throw it to you what 
What did you see that stood out? What uh, what really stuck with you? Well, you know, if I had to whittle it down, uh, the boat show for us started at the Viking Yachts booth. And, you know, they are always pumping out incredible vessels, whether it's their Valhalla center consoles or, of course, the sport fishing yachts and motor yachts. And they had some big announcements. So yeah. they have the new 64 convertible sport fish. Yep. And they also announced that they're going to be rethinking their 92 and, and offering it as a 90. So um, they had some remarkable numbers. I mean, you noted their, what did they say as far as their inventory or, or, or production? Yeah, well, they, uh, I guess in seven years of production, since the 92 came out, they sold 21 models, which, I mean, just... Think about the the LOA of boats just in that one model. 20, 21 92 footers is uh, mm -hmm. that's a lot of boat. That's a lot of boat there. That's a lot of fiberglass. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a twelve million dollar yacht, uh, and you know they do things very smartly and they put in their homework. And the new ninety, I guess, going to have a little less beam, probably some higher performance. Uh, they've right. shaved some weight off of it, so I'm sure it's going to be phenomenal. But the boat that was actually there floating that we got to walk on was a 64. And, you know, I love offshore fishing. Viking knows how to build that boat. Yeah. They built a lot of boats in that 60 to 70 foot range. They actually threw a number at us, said in the last 20 years, they've delivered 550 yachts from 60 to 70 feet. So that's definitely, you know, their sweet spot. And the 64 is right yep. in there. Right. And it's, it's beautiful. It's uh, got a massive cockpit with a beautiful mezzanine and, you know, 180 square foot cockpit, which has tons of room to run any kind of trolling spread you want. I also really like the bridge, the way say too. they've kind of incorporated this center console helm design with a sun pad on the forward portion of it. And it makes yeah. moving around up on the bridge really easy. And then you've got all this freezer space under the lounge and, you know, obviously really good sight lines. It, it passed my five foot seven uh, <laughs> visibility. So that's always nice. I could see the covering boards and the bow. Yeah. And then, you know, it's a four stateroom layout, just gorgeous cabin, which is what you expect from Viking. Right. Uh, just a gorgeous boat, really. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head and touched on all the points I was going to touch on. It, it really is their sweet spot and it's... it's Quite frankly, what you come to expect. But I also did really like the Valhalla style bridge that you could walk, you know, walk fully around. It just, I think that's gonna make sense when you're underway. Yeah, and you can get a lot of people up there, and you know, you can lounge out on that forward lounge and take a nap. Those runs out to the canyon are long. Even, yeah. I mean, this boat supposedly goes 42 knots. Yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty damn fast <laughs> for a 64 foot boat. Right. Uh, but it's still a long run out to those canyons and that would be a beautiful place to hang out if you're not behind the wheel, which is, you know, where I'd want to be. Sure. Sure. What, uh, what else is on the list? So I spent a good portion of the first day at the convention center, which is home to a lot of the center consoles and outboard powered boats. And there's great new boats from several builders, but invincible did make one announcement that grabbed my attention. They've got a new design for their 46-foot catamaran, which has become, you know, the flagship of Invincible. It's the biggest cat they have. It's a fast, fast, high-performance boat. 
Um, and now they're going to offer it with a pilot house. So uh, they've put an enclosed helm, full walk around style helm on their cat, which is a nice wide platform. Mm -hmm. It's got plenty of seating in there, air conditioning, sleeping quarters, a head. You don't really lose any of the fishing features and it just makes that boat, it's a, just a whole different boat. You know, when you're on a center console that can go, I've got this right, I double checked, that thing can go 67, 68 knots with uh, quad 450s. Um, that's the center console version. So, you know, the pilot house probably will come in quite a bit heavier and, and not maybe not hit that high note. But when you're going that fast, you can't even talk to anyone, really. It's like you're hanging on for dear life and you're getting thrown around <laughs> like a cocker spaniel on the back of a pickup truck. So with the it's a great image right there <laughs> with the enclosed pilot house, it's just a different boat. You know, you're out of the elements, you're out of the wind, you've got the A.C., uh, it, and it looks cool. It's kind yeah. of got an angular look, a big wide windshield. I think it's going to be a huge hit for them. So that was fun to see. Nice, nice. And I, I think um, I think one other boat that we were both pretty excited about was the uh, was was the new Cutwater. I mean, I think we we were kind of riffing on the docks about how dreaming of throwing it all away and doing the great loop at some point so I, I just think about that when you see those boats instinctually i love how smart the design was on that boat you know mm -hmm. like stepping on board they they put a they called it their walk through pathway you know right, right out on the splash well in front of the outboards and that lets you drop a grill on one corner of the transom and a live well on the other corner. And then they had that really cool seat that, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's adjustable forward and aft, you know, the backrest, but it also folds up. So it just looks like a transom. I mean, it was super innovative, I thought. Yeah. They're coming, to, they do really well. They have these massive, massive owner events where you see the pictures from their rendezvous where, God, it looks like it looks like hundreds of their boats, and I think, I think where they get all these like really smart features, a big part's got to come from talking to these owners that are just living on the boat full time, using them like crazy, because they they always just have such, you know, those features that you slap yourself in the head, and it's like, yeah, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't anyone else think of that? Always oh fun yeah, one to check and out. And I, I I love that kind of thinking. You know, it it really shows that they use their boats, that they listen to their owners. Um, a couple other things I really liked were how the aft bulkhead all opened up. Yeah. And you could sit in that one dinette chair and face, you know, the motors and look at the wake. And then you could also just lift up that seat and there's a little bunk under there, mm -hmm. you know, and then obviously the dinette converts to a bunk. It's got a cool little galley with a propane stove. Um, this particular boat had air conditioning. Yeah. Uh, they just they they put everything into this boat that is like yeah you could go do a really long cruise like the great loop on this mm -hmm. um, and it's trailerable it's just like it's That's an everything part. yeah so yeah i was really impressed with that boat and i know you've run some of them i don't i've never run a cutwater but i'm i'm looking forward to it sounds like yeah i'll have to put that on your list we've got and and they're up for it sounds like they they have some adventures in mind right yeah, no, I, I love that. I can, I can definitely see uh, you getting the family and get, getting your boys out on one of those. I, I feel like they'd love it. Yeah, and it's a 
you know, that boat is so much more manageable to run than than a 64 Viking or some of these big, big boats. It's got twin 250 Yamahas. It's yeah. got a bow thruster. I mean, you and you could just run it by yourself without feeling intimidated right. at all. You know, that's what I really yeah. love about it. Well, uh, two of the boats on my list on the opposite end of the spectrum that I uh, really going to want a seasoned captain aboard was uh, – I don't want to dwell on that too long because you really got to see these boats to understand what what they're throwing at you. But it was the uh, I was excited for the Princess X ninety five and the Prestige X seventy. Not I wouldn't really consider them new boats anymore, having that they debuted last year. But again, with all the craziness um, and the pandemic, and then lack of inventory because these boats are in such high demand, finally got to catch up with them. And just it's it's always heartening to see builders like really step out of their comfort zone and these are two models i was able to uh walk through and shot some quick videos they're online at pmymag.com and our social channels but just you know expansive unbelievable amounts of glass this this new open concept with the raked windshield is is kind of a look that i think we're really gonna see a lot more of in the years to come yeah the glass is astounding. I mean, it's all it's, about that living space inside. It's just, I mean, you feel like you're in a penthouse suite or something. Absolutely. I mean, I think our, uh, I think that our yacht designer and columnist Bill Prince is gonna have something to say about that. And he's he he's got a funny tongue-in-cheek column about these windows. But it really made me think, you know, especially you have a young one now at home, and he's he smudges up all the glass. I mean, the amount of Windex you want to keep on board is. Uh, it's you need a separate like water tank just for just for Windex, but it makes for a really cool experience and really cool connection to the water, I think. Yeah. I mean, what's a better way to wake up than in a comfortable, you know, VIP berth staring out at the <laughs> at the waves? Seriously. It's, it's just gorgeous. And I agree though, I do wonder like what's the water spot situation with these things? Yeah, yeah. I would definitely be investing in one of those spot zero devices. That's ex- yeah. Well, that's ex- that's exactly what I was going to say. I think a lot of, more and more they're they're equipping in, with those for that very reason. Yeah. No, I've been talking to a lot of captains about those things, and they say really like you hardly even have to chamois when you use one of those. Well, they just dry smooth. Right. I think we have a a test of one of those systems coming up in the uh, in the near future. So it'd be nice to really get our hands on it. How do those boats run, Dan? Are they pretty speedy? You know, I think it's all I think it's all relative, right? We're going from the uh, the Viking and the and these center consoles, but they definitely have more performance than you would think when you just look at the sheer volume and beam of these boats. I wish I had the specs handy, but I think they would surprise you with a with a pretty decent turn of speed. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> throw no, you on them. No, that that's okay. That's you know. I, I have an idea. I just don't want to throw out a number and be wrong. But uh, I, I can talk about one boat that is not speedy that that got my attention in the in the Nordhaven 41, a true traditional trawler that really, really was popular on the docks. But we're also hearing how popular it is out there in the world. It's the the first Turkish built Nordhaven, and they are sold out for quite a bit longer they simply cannot build this boat fast enough for the market demand it is and, and you go on board and you can see why it's uh it's just a beautiful traditional rugged trawler so it was interesting to see even though the cut waters are really taken off with the outboards and 
we've kind of watched those trawlers, a lot of them convert to outboards, that the traditional trawler market still is alive and well. Yeah. And I mean, talk about liveaboard space and just being able to spread your wings. I mean, right. there's there's really nowhere you cannot go on that boat. No, that's that's true. So th- those were those are a few a few of our favorites. I mean, let's for for those that didn't make it, and uh, I mean, let's just face it, a lot of people did make it to the show. The the crowds were just storming the docks, even on those first days. The uh, God, what, what was the day we were there? Wednesday. There was some, there was some huge crowds and a lot of excitement. Um, what was your you know what what was your sense of the of the crowd? Um, yeah, the VIP or pre-show, whatever they call that first day was manageable, but then it was definitely getting elbow bumping and, yeah. you know, on the docks and, but it, it was, I just, it was exciting to me to see how excited people are about boats. And, you know, you talk to the builders and one issue that I do see is just, they're all, they can't build them fast enough. So, you know, a lot of the boats, the first thing we ask is, you know, hey, this is great. We would love to write about it. When can we go for a ride? And they're saying, oh yeah, we'd like you to do that. But you know, this one's sold, the next three are sold, maybe. (laughs) So that's that's a little um, concerning, but Mm -hmm. the crowds were great. People were positive and, and that's a good thing. Well, I think it's, I think it's worth touching on that a little bit more. The, uh, you know, hearing that some builders are sold out through next year, selling out, you know, year and a half, almost two years out. It, you know, we kind of joke. It's like, oh, that's you know, talk about a good problem. Well, it, it really is a problem, though. It's it's hard to you'd mentioned this, but it's it's hard to predict what your pricing is going to be like in two years, especially with supply chain, inflation. A lot of a lot of factors go into that. And of course, hard, harder for us to get aboard. <laughs> also a factor. Yeah, I think if if I were in the market, you know, if there's something you really want or or something that you can't live without, you better jump on it quick. It's a lot like when the housing market's cranking along and, you know, people start (laughs) offering more than than the asking price or something. But I would imagine that a lot of the people looking for the larger boats are are in a boat right now. So maybe they have the luxury and they can wait. Um, but yeah, if you see something you want, you better be prepared to to bust out your checkbook and 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 make an offer. Yeah, a, a couple of interesting anecdotes I heard was how much the an inventory crunch was affecting the boat shopping process, where a lot of people were saying, well, look, you know, a lot of people would come to Port Lauderdale. And really just browse around and maybe find that's where they make their holiday wish list and then go back and whittle it down. But I'm hearing more and more that, you know, people are doing their research ahead of time. You know, they're consuming magazine content. They're researching these boats online that when they come to Lauderdale, they they don't want to see a million. They want to see two or three boats. They want to see their finalists so they can pull the trigger as quickly as possible. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's smart, too. It's, you know, I I think. It pays to do your homework. It pays to talk to people. Yeah. Um, obviously, I always enjoy speaking with owners because they're the ones who really have spent the most time on a boat. So if there's a way to do that, you know, obviously you get great intel that way and mm. come to the show with a list. Like, here's my top four or five boats I want to see at the boat show and just bust it out and, and pull the trigger uh, and get in yeah. line because it yeah. might be a little while. It's it's such a good point. You know, our uh, our boss, editorial director, Bill Sisson, always used to preach, 
the idea of eavesdropping on people's conversations, not not for the sake of being rude or creepy or anything like that, but just to, you know, get a sense of what our readers are really talking about. And I, I have to say, I noticed a noticeable uptick in just how savvy these guys are. Just hearing them compare my minute differences between uh, the Sunseeker and the Absolute versus the Princess. I mean, we're just dealing with super, super highly educated buyers at this point. Yeah, I mean, they know what they want, too, which is yeah. a good thing. It's These are not small purchases. These are, you know, this is a, a major investment, and you want to get it right. But the good news is, I guess, if you get it wrong, you could probably unload that boat pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Right now, that's definitely true. Well, I think, you know, I, I look ahead now to Miami and the Palm Beach shows, and you know, we just are hearing more and more about the influx of European boats that didn't make it over. They debuted at Con. A lot of times they get here for Fort Lauderdale, and some did. But there's a whole other wave of European boats coming in time for Miami and Palm Beach. I'm just excited for the rest of the show season to get going. Me too. I think it's it's going to be jamming. There's going to be lots to do and lots to see and lots to write about. I mean, we haven't even touched on all the new electronics and right. all these accessories and it's just always staggering how much innovation comes out of our little industry. You know, every right. year someone comes up with a, a new mousetrap, a better way to do something. And it's, you know, that part of it is always cool. And yeah, it'll be fun to see those new boats coming in from Europe. Some guys snuck in. I don't know how they did yeah. it. I yeah. Yeah. They I have managed a feeling to, I know, but <laughs> they jumped through some hoops and uh, grease some wheels or something, but uh, exactly. some Miami pop. will be definitely, it'll be jam-packed, I have no doubt. Cool. Well, you know, Charlie, it was, it was great to finally cover a show with you. You did, uh, you did a great job. There's a, you guys can see a lot of different video that Charlie was able to produce on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, and of course over at pmymag.com, as well as all the future issues. We were just going through our notes and it's an exciting time, but it's a busy time. There's a lot of reporting to do for our upcoming issues. So on that note, I guess we should get back to it, Charlie. Yeah, well, thanks for that. And um, absolutely, my uh, to-do list is looking pretty good right now. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, we'll get back to it. Everyone, thank you very much for listening to the Paramore DI Podcast. Until next time, we'll see you on the docks or out on the water. Thank you for listening to the Power Motor Yacht Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor and leave us a review or rating. Or share us with your friends on social media or on the VHF. Anywhere you spread the word means a lot to us. Thanks again, and until next time, we'll see you on the water.